This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot Route! I don't. W- what is Hot Route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome back. It is, well, welcome back. Uh, welcome to a special edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame show. Uh, Carrie Barak, Eddie Radosevich here with you as we are uh, caffeining our way through the night. Eddie was yawning. Uh, the postgame interview sessions were super, super long. Uh, and uh, I, Eddie, I, I can't help it. I was doing the same thing that you do were doing as the it's, show is starting. It's just like that's the new way of life. I, we we, Be, the, we another Minnesota bas- another Minnesota basketball game and another fan tries to do something stupid except that they were so ready for it. Awesome tackle by the security guards. I don't understand why I was thinking this and I wasn't going to tweet it but I'll tell you. Anytime these people start, because I think it's like a PETA thing, like just start killing them on the floor. That would be entertainment, like the Coliseum back in the day. You have to stop advocating for the murder of people. All right. Well, I mean, the PETA people, I think is that that's fair. I think that's the only. I don't know what this one was gonna do other than rush the floor. Was she gonna (laughs) stab a player? I mean, aren't they like? uh, I like I like the description. Their hands. Yeah, I like the description of their. uh, oh, what a, a sleeper sale of chicken people! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So anyway, God, I, we're here to talk about the scrimmage. Uh, I and, mean, just getting out of Norman today was kind of a wow, a zoo in itself. I but I will say, awesome. I mean, I I don't think um, today amazing gone day, in. amazing day, and just a buzz. And you know, you could tell like it was. I'll say this, like Brent Venables, you did a fantastic job of making this about family, whether it's former players, whether it's current players, whether it's uh, fans in the stands, like there was a message sent today that I think Brent Venables and few other people could send it. And I don't think Bob Stoops, he just doesn't operate this way. No. But Brent... He says, you know what? We are a family. We're in this together. This is something special that we are all trying to take care of and we value and we love. And so let's do this. Like, let's let's make it. And look, 
you have to win football games because that family will turn on you in a, on a dime. 100%. But with everything that this program and the fan base has been through, and the fact that Baker Mayfield was there today, he finally got to unveil his statue to the masses. It was just a, it was a, I dare say, magical day on yeah, Owen I Field. Gonna, I was, I mean, magical. I was going to say therapeutic. I yes. think that today was just kind of a, uh, and I, I think that the way that the press conference ended with Brent and the question that you asked, Carrie, was, was perfect for kind of an exclamation point to the spring in which, had been a pretty tumultuous four months. And for them to finally get to the end of that, uh, you know, I, it was kind of a celebration. It, it was a celebration and there was some football on the side. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot more people that are interested in the football side of things. But I thought today was just, it, it, it started from the time that I got down to Norman today. I mean, I, I got down there around 1130 and I thought I was going to be fairly early for the three o'clock kickoff and get off on Lindsay street. And it was backed up all the way to 35. I mean, it was one of those atmospheres that I, you just felt like it was going to be big. And then walking over to the stadium earlier, it was, you know, you saw all the guys that were in town last night at, uh, the, uh, you know, the Baker kind of player reveal. I heard that yeah, the Oklahoma dinner. city was bumping with a bunch of former players last night over the Jones assembly. It just, it was a perfect weekend, and you know I don't know if Baker would ever say this like publicly, but it couldn't have been a more like returning to a situation and you know quote unquote home or whatever you want to call it. It had to have just been good for Baker Mayfield the human to get back to something like that, and then when you throw in all the football stuff and then Brent Venables, and it was uh, it was truly amazing. I think just from uh, watching it from afar, just to see kind of everything that went into it and for it to come out as it did today, it was, it was unbelievable. And then, oh yeah, there was a lot of uh, new looks and new faces out there on the field that, you know, I'm sure they're going to get into and uh, get into in weeks to come. But, you know, talking to some of the guys after the game, it just, I don't know, again, it's like, I don't want to make like grandstanding. Uh, grandiose. Proc yeah, like grandiose proclamations, but they just talk differently even. Uh, and it's a little bit different because we, you know, we haven't really talked to Ethan Downs and people like that very often. But there's definitely, uh, you know, I think a term that Brent would say is uh, there's definitely been a couple seeds that have been planted within these players and within the program that, you know, it's, it's going to be fairly interesting uh, to see how they grow over the next couple months because that's something that I think has kind of been the main talking point or focus going into, uh, you know, the summer months with Schmitty is like, it, 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 it's good and everything, what they did over the last four or five weeks, uh, in the 16 practices, but it's another thing to, you know, start building on that. And, you know, Ethan said something about, they want each, you know, they, they address it. It's in the locker room. They want every player to get their, uh, maxes up like a hundred pounds in the weight room. And it's, Fairly important. Bill Beatenbo talked about it on uh, Thursday, just how important it is that these next couple of months are something that you really, truly become better. And, you know, those the great teams, that's what they did with uh, Jerry Schmidt. Well, Brent had alluded to that. Like, you know, now a lot of work begins uh, to, to get better in the offseason. That's where uh, the real power, you know, starts to develop in this program. But 
you know, going back to a, a couple of things that Brent was talking about, uh, he mentioned, you know, all just the little things that he's been on this team about the, the small things like keeping the locker room clean. And he said, yeah, uh, you know, before halftime, there were two players in the locker room that were cleaning it up uh, and they had to go tell him like, hey, it's time to play. You can't be cleaning. You need to go get out on the field. <laughs> and he was asked and it was asked later, like, who were those two players? And he said, Marvin Mims and Dylan Gabriel. And when you said Ethan Downs, it reminded me someone was like, was one Ethan Downs? He was like, no, Ethan Downs wouldn't be that guy. He's basically basically yeah. saying Ethan Downs is way too intense to be cleaning a locker room right before he goes out to play football. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I, it, it's very obvious that there are a good number of leaders that have kind of emerged throughout the program. And, you know, I the the two guys being Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims, I think that, Gary, that was stuff that we saw even when we were out at practice. Well, uh, and let they, me ask you it, this. It like, always seemed like Gabriel and Mims were kind of, they're kind of the two dudes yeah. on the offensive side of the ball that do just about everything. And it's kind of like you insinuated. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a coincidence that the first play of the game was a bomb, a bomb to Marvin Mims dropping now, bombs. Granted, throwing uh, throwing the ball anywhere today. You could tell that Dylan Gabriel kind of learned uh, something today about playing football in that stadium in Oklahoma. Like it's just not. It's not. He basically was like, it's not like playing in Hawaii. Like the yeah. wind is a serious factor on some days. I mean, it, today I it was windy in Orlando, though. I mean, it's it it's not like he hasn't ever played in it. But sure. yeah, you're right. It's it's it was even by Oklahoma measures, it was pretty windy this afternoon. Well, and then we had some freaking monsoon both as we were coming home after we did, oh my got gosh. the interviews. Tornadoes everywhere. It's like if you came to Oklahoma today, you kind of got the full treatment, but. <laughs> Well, it was, I mean, that was the other thing football. that was that was the other thing that was weird is just that it the day even in the morning like overcast it had that kind of humidity you know yeah. tornado ish oh, feel it was a to stormy it. day. It, yeah, it was definitely the the feel of a storm. I, I've tweeted it before, but it's one of those things like if you're from Oklahoma, or if you've been around these parts, you just kind of walk outside and you kind of know what you're getting into each day. Days, and especially on a many, day like today, you know it's going to be a severe weather day. Too many days like today are why Big Bread, Big Dairy were able to become such a force. Oh, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it was awesome, though. I, I don't think I could have ever expected 75,000. I thought no. it was like... We, I, I, I mean, always kind of I said 60. I, I said 60 the whole time. Yeah, I, I hinted at this on like the U40 stuff. It was just like people were so worried about the attendance. I was like, people are going to show up. If it's nice, people are going to show up because it's a, fas a, pas a passionate fan base. And I think that they wanted to make a little bit of a statement to the folks out west. And I mean, it was. Are you concerned? Are you concerned about the administration and them being all in after the gate situations? I mean, I just Brent like, said. I, I Brent said it was up to the blamed. fans. It was up to the fans to 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 be uncommon. Uh, that they were doing everything they could, and the fans needed to do everything we could. Did the administration do everything they needed to do? Are they all in? Like, is there some blame I mean, to be had for them? I think that it's one of those things that they maybe just need to find a different third-party vendor or operator. I don't know, like, who is the that Securitas team that does all that? Because I think it's just getting people to literally work the gates. I like, I I don't know. What more they can do? I, I really maybe, don't. Maybe I, they I need no to have idea. a meeting about resubmitting bids or something. I mean, yeah, 
Because obviously they can't get enough people to work because they don't pay enough. And I know it's probably a very difficult and a very complicated situation. Sure. But you, I mean, you went into this game like that's thing. It's kind of disturbing to me. And maybe I'm picking at something, you know, something that doesn't even deserve to be picked at. But it's like the fans bought in what Brent Venables was selling. 75,000 of them showed up. And it seemed like the plan was just to have it in the lower bowl. And the players talked about it, you know, before, uh, you know, in the in the post game, they're like, we thought that maybe the lower bowl would get get full, but then they had to open up, you know, the upper bowl, the upper parts of the stadium. Like, see, I don't, I don't know though, because I think, like, I was told this morning, as of like six a.m., they had sold seventy thousand. They knew they had sold seventy, or uh, excuse, yeah, seventy thousand uh, tickets had been sold as of this morning. So, I don't know. I mean. They kind of knew that they were going to get that crowd. I just, I really don't. I, I have no idea. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Yeah, that, that's a discussion that you know we, we, I'd have to have with Joe C to find out you know why it turned out the way it did. But I, I mean, look, it's it's the most I've ever seen. It's the most anybody's ever yeah. seen in their lifetime. It's not like it's crazy. It's not it just, like a USC thing like, where it's like, well, we only kept records and until we only started keeping records until the nineties. I just kept thinking, like, this is a spring game. And then just on top of, like, all of the fans that were there, I think the number was, like, 250 uh, in terms of former players. And there was a lot of former players. You know, I think everybody saw the former players on the field before the game. But it was even more than that in the stands that just didn't come down. I mean, it was a who's who on the sidelines down there, though. You know what I I appreciated, though? I mean, you have 75,000 show up. And that game was coached to matter. Like, you don't see quarterbacks get 28 throws in a spring game. <laughs> no. And Dylan Gabriel was literally sprinting from sideline to sideline <laughs> to play quarterback for both teams for almost the entire first half. I don't know how he wasn't just, like, completely exhausted. It was crazy. I mean, it reminded, you know, it reminded me of, of Baker Mayfield's pro day. Where he'd throw when a few passes and then he'd, everything. then he'd he'd sprint to the other side of the field. And then he'd throw some yeah. passes. He'd sprint to the other side of the field. Yeah. It was it was wild. They a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, you know, I it I was like I was telling you down on the field, Carrie. It's so hard to like really truly know what you're getting out of a spring game because it's like, well, if you know he makes a bad pass, was that really like Josh Eaton that breaks it up, or was that? a poorly thrown ball, but there are certain things that you could see. And the Kendall you know, I, Dennis I interception, that, like, was he, yeah. you know, is that I, just a case of Jalil Farouk not really playing the ball correctly on a back shoulder sure. or like, you just don't know. But I mean, there were clearly some passes that were, you know, thrown. There was a, a pass to Drake Stoops. It was just a little too high. There were some passes that were behind people. There were some passes that were, there was a Marvin Mims. that was a little too out front of him, just little misses here and there. But, it's the first time he's running this offense in front of seventy-five thousand people, uh, with you know, with new players, new receivers, guys that he's never played full adrenaline football with. I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not, it's not like you know, Caleb Williams good at this point, but man, that was the first time. That's the first time that we've seen him. And I do, I will say this: I, mean, I did like his athleticism. Yeah, there. I mean, there's definitely a element of being able to keep plays alive. 
you know, just kind of getting used to uh, from like a completely off subject type of uh, look at it. It's a little bit different from a video standpoint because they do like tempo when they after oh, the first it's so down, fast. They want to be on top of the ball. They want to go. Uh, it, it's kind of tough to shoot in a way, but it it's uh, I don't know. It, it was pretty good. I. It felt like they generated a pretty good pressure up front. I thought that, you know, Jordan Kelly, he looks the part out there these days. Uh, well, I, the, the biggest, if, if you wanted to have, like, for me, the one biggest takeaway that I had from today is that Javante Barnes can play. He's going to be able to give you yeah. some production as a true freshman next year. And a little disappointing that Marcus Major wasn't able to yeah. go today. I, purely precautionary, same as DJ Graham. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to see some of those guys play, but the the flip side of that is some of those other guys got an opportunity and uh you know i i don't know how much the uh what is his name i the tawi the juco running back kid i don't like he's a little bowling ball there's no doubt the about walker that. kid yeah no yeah. i liked him he actually uh pissed off bob persbillo today because bob picked todd hudson to be his star uh walk on oh, really? star of the day yes Tawi Walker, 55. Tawi uh, Walker. Uh, yards. I mean, like, Walker is a big physical guy. He doesn't have a lot of shimmy, a lot of shake, a lot of... He doesn't really put his foot in the ground and change direction all that No, nah, he's great. just going to run your ass over. He's just he, going to try and he, get around he, you and then just strength his way past you. I'll tell you what, he ran over... Uh, or he didn't run over, but he tried to run over Kip Lewis one time. and Oh, he ran uh, over Kip Lewis. Oh, so we're calling that a run over? Yeah, he... Okay. Kip Lewis okay. got a little... Uh, Welcome to college football today. Yeah. I, I mean, Deshaun White blew up the first play of the game. Yeah. I, that was one of the better hits of the And that was Javante uh, Barnes. Yeah. So, I mean, no, it, it was it was good to see, you know, Kendall Dennis, we mentioned, had an interception. Uh, Justin Harrington uh, separated. Uh, was that Javante Barnes from the football at the goal line? Uh, or was no, that Walker? That was, that was uh, Walker. He yeah. had the fumble. Uh, so you saw that. You saw, um, jo like you mentioned already, Joshua Eaton made some plays today. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you what. I, Jaden Gibson, he's obviously young. I think he had tweeted some drops the early. about how yeah. nervous he was. Yeah. But, I mean, that touchdown uh, reception that he had, he kind of opened up in the field. And, like, if you watched any of his highlights uh, that were up from high school, that's exactly the type of play that he makes. He makes a, a nice grab over the middle and then just outruns everybody. And, uh, you know, I was heartbroken to see Drake put it on the ground that one time. But I know. It, it's so weird. It, and Brent talked about it after the game. But you look at the stats and the white team outplayed Red. Like, that, statistically, they, they outplayed him. It was just the three turnovers and go figure. Well, and, you know, I, I just... Joseph Wete would have had a pick today if they hadn't called the quarterback down like by the hair of his chin, which was kind of funny. Uh, and you did see, like, Isaiah Coe got hurt early, but then he came back. Um, who was it that got hurt late? Oh, it was uh, Woody Washington, but he walked off on his own power. So I think we got through today without anything serious. I'm almost yeah. positive. Also... This was, I think, the only like major, major injury that they had throughout the entire spring. And obviously, like an Andrew Rame, he missed a lot of spring with an injury. But 
uh, you know, like Jaden Knowles, I think is the yeah, only, he like, was out on crutches what I would today. call a, you know, probably seizing ending type injury. By the way, saw so he got a summer internship with a real, like it was like ABC yeah, down in, in like Florida or something, Florida. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Palm Springs or something like that. Yeah. There are guys though out there that like, I thought Danny Stutzman, the way that he just runs to the football. Yeah. I wanted to mention like, him. I mean, I'll say this, be good. Like, he and TD roof together out there looked pretty good. Yeah. They're, they looked like guys that have played a lot of college football together. Uh, but, not and, together but, but the thing about it is, like, when he's out there with T.D. Roof, not that T.D. Roof looks bad. And, man, Jaron Canick, man, he looks. I've looks not amazing. seen a freshman linebacker. Like, we all know Kobe McKenzie's big, but you can tell he's kind of figuring it out a little bit. Like He's, he's raw in terms yeah. of, like, just from a physical standpoint, Jaron Canick looks like he's been in a uh, yeah. strength and conditioning program for, you know, five years. Like, Kip Lewis, he just looks like he needs some more time in the weight room even though yeah. he did some good things sure. today. But sure. Kanak, I mean, like, you look at you like, that kid's... Like, if you didn't know he was a true friend, if you didn't know he was still supposed to be in high school, you would think he would be at least a junior. No doubt. No doubt. I And, you know, I statistically, Marcus Stripling had an incredible oh, day. great day. Four yeah. tackles for loss and two sacks. Five yeah. to, uh, tackles. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that defensive line that, you know, Jeffrey Johnson had a really nice couple uh, plays tackle for loss against the run type. You know, who showed know that, a little bit today was Jordan Mukes. Yeah. I thought, I thought a bunch of those guys in the secondary, like Bryson Washington was flying around. I thought had a decently okay day. Uh, you know, I might have to go back and watch it cause I'm doing video and kind of centered and keyed in on where the, yeah, ball I, know, is. the I, I think those guys the replay is going on Bally's right now. So hopefully it's move a ton, but it was, they and this is like one of the, but yeah, the you're right. Ethan Downs, Ethan Downs, Marcus Stripling, like to me, those are the two headliners as far as like in guys. Yeah, no, and I I think it's like one of those things that we talk about all the time, but it's not like they're taking over a program that was just completely voided of talent. There there are guys down there that can win and they can win big. It's just kind of taking that next step. And, you know, I think that that's going to probably come here for the next couple of months. And, you know, it's you know, interesting. It really good, too. We're talking about Jaron Kanak uh, looking really good in a mm -hmm. uniform. Uh, Robert Spears Jennings. Yeah. Looks, just looks the part. Daniel Parker's a big dude. I mean, we didn't see a lot yeah, of. huge. We didn't see a lot of Brian Darby or Trayvon West today. Uh, we saw a little bit of Theo Weiss. He almost had a touchdown. He pretended like he did anyway. That was kind of funny. Um, Cody Jackson. I mean, I was kind of rooting to see him get more uh, involved than he was. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it's interesting. Like, Jalen Redmond, they're playing him inside almost exclusively. There's no yeah. real edge rushing with him. Which... If you're Jalen Redmond and this staff comes in and says, this is how we see you making it to the next level, you're like, okay, I can I, I can deal with that. You know, it's so funny, like, talking to those defensive guys. I think that, obviously, the coaches have done an incredible job uh, on the defensive side of the ball getting those guys to buy in. But I it just has to, like, I, I asked a couple players this during the spring, uh, just as far as, you know, the ability to kind of dive in head first with this new coaching staff and not really ask any questions about it. Like when you have the resume that those guys have and, you know, basically, a, you know, Todd Bates, he he produces NFL guys. Brent, obvious. 
like it just seems like it's so much easier for those guys to buy in and say, yeah, they've been there. And I, you know, they talked about it. I think Brent said this after the game, but it's like, and they've said it a couple times here over the last couple of weeks that I feel like it's really starting to be almost reinforced in a way that it's like, we've been to the top. We know how to get there. None of you guys have. And I, that's such an interesting way to say it because I don't think that, you know, we've really ever heard that at Oklahoma in a way of somebody coming in and saying, you haven't won a championship or at least a national championship. Like, don't think that you've really accomplished anything because you haven't. I well, it was, it was maybe like, I'm, it was, maybe I'm reading into something that, that that's not there. I think, you know, since Lincoln came in, it became kind of like the offense got all the respect and the defense was like the little brother. And like, yeah. it was just like, everybody was like, when's the defense going to lose this game for us? Like, I mean, just like you go all the way back to the the Rose Bowl. It's like that kind of became the the point where defense just kind of became the little brother. Like, yeah, we got to carry them because they're just they 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 never have been able to put it together. And like, yeah, it was just like like you look at the career of like Jaden Davis. It's like he starts off you know like a house fire, and then he regresses a little, uh, and then you bring in a Key Lawrence or you know Woody Washington whoever. And, like, then they just take over. Um, but, you know, it used to be, like, you would just keep going through that. And it's, I don't know why it's it's always been in the secondary mainly, but you would have that thing. It was like people wanted to get rid of Pat Fields, and they should have, you know, if the year they lost at Iowa State, he had a terrible game. Uh, look at Buki. Like, he regressed. I mean, and all they did was brag on him about how, you know, what, what a genius he was on the football field and how great. And then... You just saw him get worse and worse and worse and less and less disciplined. Like, I got to think that it just became like this snowball effect. Like, anytime something would go wrong, it's like, oh, here we go again. This guy's going to regress and get replaced by somebody else. Yeah. And I, I think I, there's been a lot of that. That mentality just kind of crept into the program. And now they have a chance to start new. And they got this guy, you know, Brent Venables, that's known for building defenses and putting guys in the first round. And they could be like, okay, well, this is this is how we're going to fix it. There's just such an energy about Brent, even when he talks to us. And, I mean, we get the, like, the very small sample size of all of it. But it's just... He's an evangelist. I mean, he just is. so inspiring. Like, he could lead a cult. I mean, and that's yeah. basically what he's trying to do. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that, <laughs> that, that drink it. Like, I, I find myself, uh. like, sitting there thinking, like, it's His a but it's a cult in a good way. It's not like an Aggie cult. It's not no, like it, it's not like a cult where people just do stuff that has no rhyme or reason, but they all keep doing it over and over because they've always done it. Like this is actually a cult where you get things done. I no, I don't think that I ever realized, and you know, you'd be able to tell me if this is something that has just been almost become a new because you covered Brent uh, the first time around, but I just never saw him as this, like... Evangel evangelist. Yeah, like yeah. This, this visionary type, like, uh, guy that was so... No, this is all Dabo. This is all stuff that is he's it? picked up at Clemson because, look, Brent was... 
Yeah, when I mean, he was here earlier. Fire. Yeah, you. I mean, no, he, he's always been great at relationships. He's always sure. been great at recruiting. He's always been, you know, had all the energy as a coach. He's always been very detail-oriented. But this whole thing about, you know, talking about things being holistic and, uh, you know, that being about life off the field and away from the field as much as it is, you know, the stuff he went into today about the internships and the the study abroad stuff that these the the players are getting ready to go through and then the soul mission like and you know being at k-state and it being too much about just working hard and not having a life or not developing a life like this is all stuff that he's and it might be that he's picked it up from other people but mainly Dabo. i mean yeah he was you know as a younger coach he was all of this stuff but he was also very real, very realistic. He would, you know, he would, he would, it's kind of like the story he told about Rep Omar. Like, you know, when he'd go to Bob Stoops, and he's like, or he was thinking to himself, like, really, we got to kick him off the team? Can't we just suspend yeah, him like, for a few games? Yeah, like, how can we get out of this? Yeah, like, do we really need to hurt ourselves, you know, by by doing this? Um, well, he was, he was competitive and... I mean, as most successful people are, ultra competitive, but sure. also he was willing to kind of uh, bend the rules to their, you know, to benefit him. And I, I, was, I don't think he's that guy anymore. No, I, I, you know, I was telling somebody I, as we were waiting for the storms to pass over in the uh, parking garage, I was talking to some people, some scoop fans that, you know, basically were insinuating like, you know, it, it was so different when Brent. You no, know, it was forced out at the end of everything that first time around. And you know, I, I just told him, I was like, I think it, 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 he needed that to get out of here to kind of reinvent himself and kind of look in the mirror. And obviously he's done that, uh, changed a little bit. And, you know, I, I think that it's he's all added it's to all his been, arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's all been, it's all been very positive the way that I was chuckling though, when he's telling the story about like going through the, uh, the walkthrough yesterday and, you know, having to be the bad guy sometimes and looking for it. No, he was talking, he was talking about, he was looking for that today. Like he was looking for someone to not run off the field at full speed and he never could find one. He was kind of disappointed. Like he wanted to, he wanted to chew somebody out. He wanted to jump somebody's ass. And he said, he said, I'll never get, I'll never get, not that he'll never get tired, but he'll never feel bad for being the bad cop or whatever. Yeah. Like he'll always play that role because he knows it makes everyone better. You know, it was funny, too, because uh, I think that we've just been so used to uh, the pregame and the way that things hats, th- the way things work down on the field. Like, you just know, like, once you get used to it, it's like, you know where they're going to be at the 75 minute mark before the game starts or, you know, where they're going to be 60 minute. And everything is so new, like just all the way down to the way that they stretch yeah. is new. Uh, you know, locking arms to walk off the field after they get done with the pregame and that kind of stuff. You know, I, it is what it is. I do. I think it's like the end all be all that championship teams need to do that. No, but there is like this little old school flair that they've brought back to it uh, that, you know, I, I think people will certainly appreciate if they're winning. Well, we were joking like, okay, they're going to have, they're going to sing the, the, the OU chant and stuff like, they're going to have to put the words back up on the screen like they used to. They might they might need to do that. 
I'm just they trying definitely to might like need to do that. I'm. I mean, I always remember like I. It, I don't. I don't find that really an insult because like I never memorized a single hymn. I don't know about you, like with the Catholic Church, if like that was something you had to uh, do. I think I did younger. I don't know if I remember. That I kind would. Of stuff I would just totally fake it. Like, like I was I like, how the do words. these how do these people know the words to all these different songs? Like, I never understood that. Yeah. I probably. I mean, I guess by the time you get out of there, you probably know the words to the alma mater and stuff like that. But but there's I, no like there's no like test you had to pass in no in being a Baptist. Like you had to learn no. these hymnals. Sure. The old cross or whatever that is. The old oaken no cross. Idea. I don't know. That's why there are mega churches now because of the because of the hymnals. Uh, it's so old style. Um, so anyway, no, I, I, it could not have gone better today. Um, and even I'll say this: like going back to some of the Baker stuff, I was shocked that it just didn't clear out after halftime. I mean, I think people really wanted to, I don't want to like say send a message. I don't think that that was it. I just, everybody needed that. Everybody needed that. And I, you know, you got it in like small little doses, whether it be the, um, oh, like even to a certain extent, the celebration out at the airport when Brent landed and then the next day with all that stuff. But that was truly the first time that I think that a lot of people were able to kind of put one foot forward as far as the football stuff goes. But I think, I think it's something I said back in the beginning, like I think fans needed to see Brent take over this program. Like they needed to, to see that they were moving on from the old regime. And like, sure. It didn't make it any easier that USC was playing on ESPN today just before OU kicked off, but, and you're still going to see that crap and I'm still going to see it because I follow so many USC guys because I like them and they're just in the profession. Um, But for everyone to see Brent Venable's coach and see his identity as a coach and see the players react to him in a positive way and watch, you know, Baker Mayfield endorse him today like he did and to see Bob Stoops out there on the field being part of things, like everybody just needed to see that it was closure. It's it's an opportunity now to move on. Like I asked Brent Venables, uh, is this you know is this a milestone for you? Today was a milestone for the fans, I think, as much as it was for Brent Venables. No, I think it was, and it couldn't have gone any better. I think that everybody really enjoyed it, and it's you know the honeymoon period is still here. But again, and we've said it before. None of the shit's going to matter if you go up to Lincoln and turn the ball over four times in the first right, half. Right. Uh, none of this is going to matter if you go down to uh, the Cotton Bowl and lose. But if you can keep building each day, which it feels like there is a certain level of buy-in with uh, this group that in a certain level of maybe like naive belief that everything's going, that you have to work for it, that nothing's given – the, you know, the, just the, the mentality that Brent has brought, what he says to us, it, it, it's not, he's not just saying that it's not lip service. He believes it. Extent. Yeah. He believes it. And I think that, you know, just hearing some of the players and the way that they talk, there is a belief that they're headed in the right direction, that greater things are going to come. 
you know, it, it's, it's just about continuing to build on top of that each day. And I don't know, I, you know, I guess if you want to get into some of the negative stuff from today, it's, it's very apparent that, uh, you know, I, I think Nick Evers could end up being a really good quarterback someday, but they have to, and Brent, you know, was pretty honest about this after the game. They're going to have to find a, uh, backup quarterback, whether that be through the portal, uh, whether that be through, you know, continued development from Ralph Rucker or Nick Evers, it, there's just there's not much behind Dylan Gabriel in terms of depth at the quarterback position, and well, you know, it, it shouldn't I, be a difficult it shouldn't be a difficult sell because uh, I mean basically you're saying look Dylan Gabriel's probably here for a year and then he bolts to the NFL like everybody knows that that's his timeline. So, I mean he can, he has two years though. I know, but I I I think he's been pretty clear to me at least. It sounds like, and, and talking to other people, it sounds like he kind of came in here with the expectation of, I'm going to play a year at Oklahoma. Sure. I'm have a really good year, and then I'm going to go to the draft. Sure. Because, I mean, he's played a lot of football. I just don't know what the uh, portal looks like. And I guess we'll see here over the next couple of weeks as spring games wrap up. Uh, you know, I think today there's 22 spring games, and that's the final. It's the final weekend of spring football across the country. But well, and I think that's a, you know, I asked Marvin Mims about that. Uh, you might have been over with other players uh, at that point. Um, but I mentioned like, okay, so you had all this stuff. You know, Theo Weiss went to the portal. You lost a quarterback. You lost a wide receiver. Like it's been tumultuous on the offensive end. Uh, yet he was a team captain today, and you know, he and Dylan Gabriel seemed to have a really good relationship. Like, is all that over? Is it stable now? And his answer was basically, yeah, everybody is all in. And I yeah. think, I think, regardless of what you thought of Dylan Gabriel's performance today, that was the most important thing about this spring, is getting all those offensive guys back in the fold. Now, you may have an offensive lineman here or there. It sure. goes, but I would be surprised if you see many more position players, unless it's just guys that aren't playing, like, or just don't feel like they're in the mix. But the key guys, the Theo Weiss, the Marvin, the, the Marvin Mims, um, you know, the, the, the Braden Willis, like, I got to think those guys, they, they feel like they're all locked in and like all that, you know, stuff because Lincoln left is behind, behind OU. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. And, you know, I, it is unfortunate. The one position group that I really wanted to see today and, you know, obviously going to have to go back and see how these guys played individually, but because the offensive line was so split up, yeah, he never really got a good feel. Like I know that Josh, uh, thought that Savion bird had a pretty good day. I think he had some pretty positive things to say on the board about, uh, Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Guyton, the uh, TCU transfer, who is just a monster of a person. We've heard Wanye Morris has had a really good spring. I think that he's kind of solidified himself, uh, you know, at one of the tackle positions. But who's going to be that that five? I, you know, I I don't know if we really know that yet. I think we learned they don't really go three deep at center today. No, the loss of Ian McIver is uh, real. Well, they need to, you know, obviously Rame is going to have to uh, stay healthy. And, you know, I they, I think Bill likes Conjol. It just, 
I don't know. I don't know. If, no, I'm saying Condal is fine as a backup, but yeah, they. Sure. I mean, Rain, but um, the kid from Midwest City that's like a Northern Colorado transfer. He had a rough. Yeah, Ergenbride or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they it, that that position and it seemed like it was a little bit sloppy up there too today. I think they had like a down the field block. Had several had down the fields. They had yeah, they had just and at one point I think the starts here and there. I think Jeffrey Johnson had a hands to the face the very first play of the game, the Tulane transfer, uh, and <laughs> Brent Venables was not happy about it, and like you know he had the microphone with him. And I don't know if you could hear this down on the field, but like it picked up him just going blah 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 every week. <laughs> Sounds like it's he a was uh, so mad. Something that happens a lot. Is that what you're saying? I guess so. Yeah. I think Bray Walker. I know that seventy was called at one time. Yeah, he for, was down uh, the field. That was, was it. A that down was field. A, yeah, he was, he was too far down the field, which was some jokes about that in the press box. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. It was. It was uh, overall, though, I mean, you get out of there without any big uh, injuries. You see a bunch of guys play today. You know, I'm particularly interested and I keep coming back to him just because I find him so, to be such a fascinating guy as far as just athletically what he has been given. Uh, David Awegbu. Yeah. See what he can kind of turn into here over the next couple weeks or uh, next couple months uh, before the, the season begins. It. It it they there there's pieces there. I mean it's it's obvious that there's pieces there. Uh, By the way, you know, I think you know what the we, good to great thing has become kind of a a talking point. You know what we learned today? Michael Turk might be in trouble because Josh Plaster was out there plastering punts. Dude, he he has a leg, but the coffin corner that yeah, Turk the one that Turk had, had the coffin corner with the wind sixty. 60 and Plaster had two inside the 20 today the one versus yard. one for Turk. And, and he had the longest punt of the day, 62 yards to Turk 60. You know, we really, it hasn't been talked about because it's not. They're both from ASU thing. too, by the way, if you forgot about that. Plaster went to ASU too. I think he's a, he's another Arizona state transfer, isn't he? Or was it a kicker? I didn't realize that he was a uh, Arizona state kid. He might be. I don't, I don't know. You know, the the interesting thing, like... Well, Plaster that, just did the latest uh, hang time with him. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was. He, he went to Arizona State, yeah. Wow, I, didn't, I did not realize They were out that. there working out together uh, in the last hang time video I watched. Supposedly, Plaster has a, just an incredible leg. Like a very... I mean, he kicked a 62-yard... And it was beautiful. It was high. It was long. I mean, it wasn't like... I think that... Uh, Turks rolled 60, but Plasters was basically just plaster. Oh, oh, you had two K had two punters that averaged 46, six and 54, <laughs> 50.4. That's no. ridiculous. It's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous. I, you know, I, we haven't talked about it and it hasn't really come up this spring, but it is going to be interesting to see what they do as far as, uh, replacing Gabe Burkett. Yeah, I was thinking about that you watch kickoffs it was hard to tell because you know one they're kicking in the wind or they're kicking with the wind so knowing exactly how many times you're going to see things go out of the end zone that was tough but i believe all the extra points were made so yeah uh they were all made and gavin marshall made the only field goal 21 schmidt, yards schmidt made the other ones uh the extra points but you know i 
it's not that big of a problem until it is of not having a kicker. So I guess they can have a couple days to figure it out. Isn't it amazing that Lincoln Riley really didn't seem to give a shit about special teams and he had the greatest place kicker in the history of OU football? I was telling somebody today, Burkich was amazing, but that's, that's on Shane Beamer, I guess, isn't it? Or was yeah, he... we're gonna give give Shane all the credit. Yeah, so don't don't give the other guy any credit. <laughs> Screw it. Way to go, Shane. Good job. He was unbelievable. Uh, Love the game. Um. Yeah, I mean, by the way, uh, Eskridge Lexus. Want to remind you guys uh, to uh, check in with them. Uh, if you've got a Lexus, you need some service. Uh, it's probably a good time with the weather heating up to go by and, and get your service scheduled. Uh, but also, uh, I, I think this is how I need, I didn't talk to Ed today. Um, but basically if you want a Lexus, it's not like being on a wait list for a watch, like a Rolex or something. Like if you want a Lexus, just call, just call Eskridge, say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Can you keep an eye out for me? Could you give me an idea of maybe when you're getting another shipment in? Like, this is what... I mean, like, those those uh, NXs are awesome. Like, if you just want a nice, you know, smaller SUV, those things are great. Sure. Um, but, uh, of course, I drive the IS, uh, the uh, 350F Sport, the 2022, and they're... I cannot recommend them more. Those things are just awesome. Um, I still get kids on. That's the only thing. Fat old guy, but kids on campus will stop me all the time and tell me how much they like my car. So not women, just men. I like that. Be creepy if it were women. It's like somebody said today. They're in their. They're they're approaching forty. They had to go eat somewhere besides Campus Corner because mm-hmm. they just felt like a pedo. I could say that. It was not a. It was one of those days where the clothing was tight today. Yeah, it, it I was, can imagine. I can imagine. It was, you a, have, it was a beautiful day when you have nieces that are grown and married. Yeah, you you're kind of like, don't be a pedo. Don't stare too hard, old man. I'm never gonna be that guy. I'm sorry. I did get hit on by someone on text last night. I saw that. It's a little strange. Interesting. You know, you, hopefully it's you. not a cat. Hopefully it's not a catfish that was trying to come kill you. Because <laughs> uh, I'm sure that there's a couple of people out there that probably would do something like that. Yeah, uh, I think I saw some of them today. Yeah, uh-huh. spent some time next to him. Um, one of them, yeah. one of them likes to interrupt people. Uh, by the way, um, we'll be back again, uh, back to regular scheduled scheduled program. So back to Wednesdays. As long as we can help it, spring practice is now over. Uh, they get Brent kind of outlined. I thought it was nice. He kind of outlined where they go from here. Sure, a week away from finals. Then uh, some guys do that, like study abroad. He was talking about some guys do the internship, uh, and then welcome back Jerry Schmidt, basically into their lives. And this is the one where, the, like you said, uh, with Ethan Downs. Go- Go just go watch the post game interview with Ethan Downs because he kind of <laughs> outlines the current thought in the locker room and he's like, I know it's coming. I know he's going to tear me down, and I want him to do this. Like I, there are a lot of us that want they, they're anticipating how hard this summer is going to be, knowing what is 
you know, at the end of the at the end of the trail. But it, yeah, they were just it, staring at multimillionaires all day today that went through this. Yeah. And, and they know, you know that's it, what it's ta- that's what it takes. And the, the one thing that each one of those guys will tell you is, you know, Jerry Schmidt played a big role in how they were developed and what they and what they did. I don't think there's any doubt about that. All right. Um, to, do we have time for two quick stories? Yeah, yeah. By the way, Before, let me just say this. the My favorite part of the day, well, there was two favorite parts, and they're both involved with Baker. But, like, when I – so there was a rolling clock in the second half, which I was so thankful for because that first half was, like, two hours. I can't ever remember a spring scrimmage lasting that long. Um, so they went to the rolling clock and that was good. So I came down right at the start of the fourth quarter. And as I got to the tunnel, Baker Mayfield was in the tunnel and it was madness. Uh, every little kid that was down on the field was getting a picture with him. Uh, like Emily was standing there just trying to stay out of the way, I think. Uh, and I was just trying to get through, like just to get through, uh, and then like, I didn't care if Baker saw me or I said hello or anything. I just wanted to get through because I wanted to see what was going on in the field, come over, talk to you, and then saw Gabe, uh, and he came up, and we talked for a little bit. Uh, Nate, always good seeing him. But, like, that was great. And then when he came into the Red Room and started coming down the stairs to go to the podium, that's the biggest case of deja vu I've had in a very long time. Yeah. That it was just like, wow, that's strange. Like, man, I forgot what that was. Yeah. It had been so long. I mean, I, th- I think that it just like, again, for everybody, it was just very therapeutic in terms of uh, getting back and kind of seeing everybody. Like today was kind of the first day that, you know, I, I think that everything kind of felt back too. Because even last year, there were different things that we had to kind of go through. Just being back in the red room, I think, was probably one of those things. Yeah. Right? That was the first time we've been in there in two years. Two years, yeah. Since 2019. And I felt bad because I wanted to go see Tony Jefferson. I wanted to see Lewis Baker. I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to see GK, Gerald McCoy. Uh, never, but you know, I didn't, I don't want to bug people. I was just hoping they kind of would walk by. And a few guys did walk by, got to say hello. Uh, and that was cool, but yeah, uh, it's always good seeing those guys come back and, and remembering you and appreciating you and just talking to you. So that was, that was just the best part of the day. Yeah, no doubt. And I was kind of the same way. I wanted to say hi to Orlando and Creed and some of those guys and just never really had a chance or an opportunity to go over and holler at them. So now you had a moment with Baker cool. before we did have game, a moment right? down on the field before the game because uh, I got there way early. So I was like out there at 1145 and him and Josie and Emily and uh, kind of his whole little posse were walking back up the tunnel and uh, I was. I was talking to Zach Selman for a second and then uh, Baker came over and we hugged it out, had a little bro moment for a second. And, uh, yeah, he was asking me some weird questions about, uh, soup. And, uh, so that's what cereal. To the post game stuff. Yeah. If, if soup is, a, if cereal is a soup, which like kind of blew my mind, I don't know. I didn't really have an answer for him. Uh, and then the other moment we, I had was, with uh, Kyler, and he came up and gave me a big hug, and he said, you're looking good. I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight for you, man. I'm trying. I need a shirt someday. 
I'm trying. I'm I'm trying. I need to. That was. Uh, I mean, just, the XL. We didn't mention that though. But how awesome is that that Kyler came back and was just yeah, such was awesome. a big part of it? And I think yeah. people look at him kind of standoffish and what he's going through right now with Arizona and uh, anything but. He. I think Kyler yeah. is just very misunderstood because he's so quiet. Yeah. But if you yeah. get to know him, and I wouldn't say that I like I know him by any means, but I did loosely talk to him probably more just from the baseball side of things over there. Cause it's such easy access. Yeah. Uh, really good dude. And I, you know, I, it was cool to see all those guys. I wish Sam would have been able to be able to, uh, stay around on Saturday. He, I think he had a family obligation today, but he did go last night to the thing. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think people was- were, there, there were people like, why isn't Sam here? I mean, that was, that question was being asked a lot in the press box. Yeah. I said, I don't know. You have to ask Eddie. So I'm glad you addressed that. Yeah, he he had a family obligation that I think that he even missed some stuff last night to stay around for that thing. So uh, that that was that, and I you know I he he wanted to be there. I, I, he just I don't think he could. So. And I'll say this: like seeing Jason White down there kind of made my heart sing a little because I've had conversations with him lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming off of the Lincoln stuff, yeah, and you could tell it really bothered him that he had not. You know that the, the former players weren't a bigger part of the program. Uh, oh, I it's it's it. I mean, we've said it before, but it is night and day different. Uh, just in terms of acceptance, I don't I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but how welcomed the former players are today than they were as as a, in you know as opposed to what it was a year and a half ago, or even eight months ago at this time it's yeah. you know i i think if you're a former player you basically will have a you know i'm not i don't think they're gonna have a key to the building but if you want to come by you can it's always an open door to the former players and i think that if there's one thing that you know the number of recruits that were there today uh that josh will be you know catching up with here over the next few days uh that had to have been a very eye-opening experience to know that you know, there is a certain level of brotherhood and bonding and family or whatever you want to call it, uh, that that's down there. And, you know, it starts at the top, it starts with the head guy. All right. Um, you know, we'll be back to wrap it all up after like Eddie and I, like we said, get to kind of watch it on the TV copy and stuff. So that'll be good too. uh, have Bob along and, um, you know, he did a great job. Go check out the site, uh, his notebook and his story on Baker, uh, also, I want to remind you guys the YouTube channel. Uh, we've got we 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 use the spring. We got it kind of going again. Uh, we've talked to you guys about it on the unofficial forty. Like we still have even bigger plans for that. Uh, I'm very excited that you know football is you know going to be over. and I'm going to be able to kind of start working on our studios more now that we have uh, you know we're to the point we are. But go check. It's just YouTube.com/slash Sooner Scoop. Uh, pretty easy to remember and get there. Uh, but we'll have some Baker stuff up for you to go and kind of relive uh, his halftime stuff because I don't know. I'm sure they showed it on TV and everything or on the Sooner Sports TV, but uh, we'll have it on the YouTube page for you and have some, I mean, the sights and sounds. I mean, 28 snaps from Dylan Gabriel. I know that's not like a perfect thing, but uh, getting to see like Javante Barnes run a little bit from field level, I'm really excited about that, Eddie. Yes. He, I mean, it's going to be really good. I think that, you know, Obviously, it's not. There weren't just a ton of highlights today, uh, but you you do get a pretty good idea of some of these guys uh, down on the field. And you know, I 
including the halftime stuff with Baker, uh, the pregame stuff with uh, Coach Venables. It was the only bad thing was, a, was it was dark when I was driving out, so I couldn't see Baker's. Sta- I could only kind of see the outline, the shadow of Baker's yeah. statue. But I'm I mean, gonna. It is I'm definitely gonna statues drive suck. past we, I, there tomorrow. We've said this yeah. before. Statues suck. I just I don't, don't understand, understand. like, like this is going to outlive all of us. Like, make it look like him. Why is I, that I, so hard? I truly don't understand the, uh, I guess, art that goes into being a sculptor, but. Like, they have to purposefully do that, too. It's like, no one sets out to say, I want to make a shitty rendition of someone that doesn't look anything like him. I, I don't know. I really don't. Like, I don't it know that world. Sense. Like, I, I guess, you know, I'm sure the art world is laughing at us, uh, us sports ballers, um, for not understanding the uh, n- nuance of 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 uh, statue making. What do they call well, that? It's going to be like that. I don't know if I want to understand because it just doesn't make any sense to you me. Think, why? Do you think Kyler's kind of scared shitless now? After he saw Baker's, like, what are they going to do to me? I mean, he he has to be. He has to be. I did think it was funny that, like, Baker's made a reference, like, and we're going to have another one of these next year. Yeah. It's like, now the pressure's on for fans to show up again next year yeah. because uh, you don't want to, like, <laughs> you don't want to like put a bad taste in Kyler's mouth, and I don't think that he would think that it. It was a. It, was a it little seemed bit like there was a really scenario. big smile from Kyler when he said that too. He was in a good mood. Yeah, they were all in good yeah. moods today. It was. It was just really cool. It was. It, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people will look back on and say that you know they were there, and it was just a really unique moment to be a part of. It was. It was fantastic. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's Eskridge Lexus uh, post-game podcast. Uh, don't forget, uh, we've restocked at the store. I think we ran out of the white dad hats, but I restocked those this afternoon. Uh, so those are back in stock. Uh, a lot of people have been buying the camos lately. And uh, I'm going to spend the early part of this week restocking with the trucker hats that we got in stock and all that. So just check uh, our Twitter, at uh, SoonerScoop. And I'll let you guys know as soon as I get those in inventory and photographed and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, that that really helps us with the offices and building our facilities for both Sooner Scoop and NIL. So, uh, if you can swing past and uh, pick yourself up a hat, visor, we've still got uh, visors in stock as well, and we got red visors coming in too, or they're already in. I've got to put them in stock early next week as well. So, uh, Eddie, any last words before we get out of here, other than? No, I mean, I, I, I guess the last word would people. be just what an incredible job by uh, everybody involved today. Uh, the fans showed up. They were basically uh, kind of tested or, you know, or I guess. Uh, Challenged. I Challenged. Yeah, thank you. Uh, to uh, to show up. And not only did they show up, but it was a record, you know, kind of a, almost a historical day, if you will. If you really want to get into, uh, I guess, the. Uh, the power rankings of, of of attendance at spring games, but it was unbelievable. It really was. And I know, uh, I know that thousand is just unbelievable. The gate thing was not great, uh, but I do think the administration deserves yeah. credit for, you know, just the overall. I mean, it was amazing that they got out there and they had it all timed really well, and that Baker had his whole ceremony. They put twenty five minutes on the clock, and I think when they were done, there was like seven minutes left. So, 
uh, <laughs> it, it was just funny. At, you know, at halftime, they give uh, Brent the mic, and it's like, oh, man. How long he's is he going to go? He, he's gonna he's gonna talk he's gonna talk the entire time <laughs> well the funny thing it was like bob just sitting there staring at brent i had to wonder what's going through his mind like who is this guy he just he he gets so passionate about things uh and he gets off on like these little tangents but if you and i put this on the board the other day it's like if you really like listen to what he's saying it's not a bunch of bullshit like he's no, not no he's not rambling to the, to a point where it's not of substance. Like there is something there. Uh, you just gotta kind of gotta be attentive at what, let me ask you this uh, one last thing. Uh, so like Brent, when he did his first thing before they played and and went to the locker rooms and all that, or kicked it off. Like he gave a boomer and the crowd gave back a great sooner. Uh, and then Baker at halftime, he did the boomer and did it sound to you like the most angelic sooner that you ever heard in your entire life? Like it was all uh, so in unison. It yeah, sounded I mean, that way in the press was, box. I think everybody was just ready for it. Yeah. You know? Like they knew that it was kind of coming to an end. But it's like, kind of, you know, they play that on, I, I, don't, I think it's like on Toby's show. Like it's kind of, they do the boomer sooner and it, and it sounds really good. But like this sounded even better. It was like, that's like the perfect response to someone yelling boomer. It that was just, guy, I don't know what it was. It, 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 that guy can do no wrong in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, Baker Mayfield is, he has reached a status that I don't know if I ever thought anybody would be able to get to in terms of just legend. I mean, yeah. I, you know, obviously there, everybody over there in Heisman park is a legend in a certain sense, but the way that people react to him, the way that he kind of carries a crowd, the way that people were just literally all tuned in on what he was saying when he took the mic uh, at halftime, you know, there, there's a special bond between him and the fan base. And, you know, obviously so. It's because of stuff that we've talked about before as far as he lived the life and, you know, kind of lived out the dream that I think any OU fan had when they were young well and he's and the perfect he went and did it he's the perfect blend i mean like jason white was was great player uh got tired of dealing with the media was very introverted yeah. uh nate hibble was great with the media as good as you'll ever find but he wasn't the heisman type quarterback and then you just go down like sam you know he's very reserved yeah, was not a man of the people. I mean, he didn't come Baker off that way. Baker wants to be that. He wants yeah. to be that guy. He wants that. Baker had that, no that problem with wearing his heart on his sleeve. Uh, like Chuck Long always talked about, you know, don't ride the roller coaster, be even keeled. Like he would have driven Chuck Long insane. Oh, they um, would have killed each other. <laughs> but they like killed that was other. just, I mean, Baker was just, and like we said with Kyler, like, it was great that he was there and people think that he's kind of aloof and uh but he just you know, he's just a quiet guy. And he was always good in press conferences and stuff, yeah. but yeah. Uh he he just didn't wear his heart on his sleeve like Baker does. Like no, Kyler's Baker just like just, what's going on with him and taking his Instagram stuff off. Like he kind of you don't see it you don't see the bus coming when it's gonna run over you with Kyler. With Baker, he's honking his horn the entire way. Yeah. Now he loves it and you know, I I think that there is a part of him that, you know, truly does love everything about the university and everything that he, you know, got out of it. 
the university gave back to him in a way. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of a nice exclamation point, kind of a nice, uh, you know, celebration that it was this weekend. And, you know, he, that guy probably needed it more than anybody. Yeah. Uh, and that's weird to say, considering that he got a statue on, you know, on campus that he would need something like that so much. But, you know, with everything that he's been through over the last couple of months, uh, professionally and, you know, in his career, uh, that was probably a nice reset, uh, for, you know, what's about to come. So it was, it was really, really cool. And, uh, it was good to see everybody. And, you know, it's kind of a, I guess a little bit of a first taste of the Brent Venables era as, uh, they kind of get going into the next couple of months, like we started with that are, you know, vital, uh, importance, in terms of if they want to take that next step as a program, uh, you know, and we'll see, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Well said, uh, Baker Mayfield, always remember you are the one that knocks to steal a little, uh, Heisenberg there for you. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, that I hope he in... doesn't end up selling math, but you know, <laughs> if he does, it is what it is. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back again, uh, later in the week with, uh, the unofficial 40 podcast where we'll break things down a little bit more, get you some recruit reaction, uh, and, uh, get Bob's opinion, Bob, uh, Josh's opinion on what they saw this weekend. So thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to Ed Eskridge and Eskridge Lexus, uh, in Oklahoma city. Go check them out. EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, and like I said, uh, if you want a Lexus, uh, just just call them. Just call them. Talk through it. They'll find out. They'll tell you what what's coming in. They can get your name on it, uh, and uh, you can get a Lexus. You can still get one, uh, even though production has you know been a little issue here and there. So, thank you so much uh, for everybody. We'll be back again uh, next season for the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.